you're listening to The Breakfast Show. It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. Got the hiccups all of a sudden, but that's okay. We'll get past that. Uh, we are going to have another question for our quiz, followed by text messages. Love to hear from you guys. Tell us what you were thinking during the first part of the show. Mm. Uh, tell us what you're thinking about that Bible memorization section or what Jennifer Skews had to say. Mm. We, would, we would just love to hear what you've got to say. All right, awesome. We're going to have another question for the quiz, though. Another simple one. Who was the mother of Benjamin? So 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know who that was. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win God Cares, our two-volume set, Daniel and Revelation, verse-by-verse Bible studies. They'll give you the ability to, yeah, become your own theologian. But again, that question was, who was the mother of Benjamin? 0491-064-669. Okay, let's have a look at text messages and your story about marijuana Mm. in the United States. This person says, I agree, it's more to do with politics than anything else. Mm. Like you said, marijuana offenders could in fact be just the beginning of this woke world of politics. So Mm. all of these marijuana offenders getting out of jail for free just before the midterm elections in the United States. Which way are they going to vote? Mm. Which side of politics has more marijuana users, do you reckon? The rednecks or the hippies? I think I don't know. I think it's I think it's probably pretty even. But if you just got a free get out of jail card, then that's kind of an incentive to vote that direction, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Okay, PayPal. I wonder who is next. That would very that would that would very quickly be a slippery ride to total control. Pretty frightening. Mm. It's amazing the kind of power that big corporations have these days, and the way Mm. they're able to exercise that power to control thought. It's just a little bit scary. Mm. Uh, then another question here says, doesn't Pastor Skits know the Bible by by heart? Um, an African-American pastor. Uh, and then it goes on and says, I'm the worst person to remember names. Oh, Skeet. Might yeah. be Randy Skeet. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Possibly. Mm. He certainly recites a lot of Bible when he preaches. Mm. Yes, possibly. Mm. Okay, then on emotional te- health and Tom Meyer. Oh, actually, 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 real memory. quick, yeah, yeah, real yeah, quick, yeah. in regards to Bible memory, I've got a text message here. I got, I got my own fans, Lyle, who send me text messages and comment on the show. Nah, my, my friend texted in and they said, when I was young, I met someone who memorized all the hymnal. So all the wow. numbers and all the really? titles and uh, of which 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 hymnal? I mean, there's a lot of different hymnals out there. The the Seventh Day Adventist hymnal, it's an Adventist one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, you know, it's a bit random, but uh, this person says it's a bit random. But I agree, memorizing the Bible is is amazing. I think memorizing the hymnal would be easier. Yeah. You put something to music and it will stick in your mind mm. much easier. But, you know, you know, like for me, I know like a few numbers. I'm like, oh, yeah, 526, that's because he lives or whatever it may be. But this person, they've got all the songs I don't know any numbers. Down. You, you don't know any. Not a single one. I haven't used the hymnal in years. I use, I we have this resource called CG Songbook and you look it up on your phone and it's just, it's like 180 songs rather than like, I think, 800 songs in the hymnal. And you just got everything you could possibly want there. It's all the all the classics. Cool. Mm. I've got I've got a hymn book on my phone, but it, it comes up on the, it's, it's been coming up on the screen for the last like what twenty years at least. Yeah, that's right. And so, yeah, paper is just on. It's, it's out. It's done. Yep. Okay. Emotional health. Tom Meyer, known as the Bible Memory Man, an American public speaker known for his ability to quote over twenty complete books of the Bible from memory. 
If we knew the Bible by memory, we would have the mind of Jesus. Jesus knew the Bible by heart uh, because he wrote it through the Holy Spirit. I appreciate that knowing and doing are two different things, but if you did, that would be amazing. The Mm. Pharisees knew the Old Testament by heart. Unfortunately, it did not help many of them in knowing that the Scriptures were talking about Jesus. Really, Mm. really good points raised right there. Very, very good points Mm. uh, in relationship to Bible memorization. And so if you missed that story, uh, we have starting, I believe it started already. Yes, it's already started. The New Testament being recited, the entire New Testament being recited from memory Mm. in a special five-day event. It's called the Great Recital, first time it's ever been done. Mm. I want to go. I want to be a part of it. I want to do a chapter. These guys need to do the whole Bible next year. Mm. So this is the great recital. Yeah. Next year they can do the greatest recital. We should we should head over there and we should do some really obscure chapters, like like Nahum one. Yeah, so it's, uh, I don't know. Oh, like all the Bible books, they become familiar and more and more familiar as you read the Bible. But like, just I don't know, like some chapter in Leviticus, Leviticus or something. Le- why, why does our brain always do Leviticus I'll do, when we go? I'll do Leviticus obscure. eighteen. Okay, all right, yeah. That's hectic. Yeah, that's, that's the, a hectic that's chapter. A, that's the you do eighteen, I'll do twenty one. Yeah, that's right. Ouch. The, the laws on sexual morality. <laughs> you might get cancelled for that. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> all right. Is that all that? That's all the text messages we've got for now. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, so do send us a text message. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is our number, and you can let us know what your thoughts are. We're going to head over to the Bible study. And yesterday we looked at where Ezekiel chapter 18 says, the soul that sins, it will die. Mm. Plain black and white statement. Let's go to, let's go to a passage I was looking at in, in, in my Bible study group, my small group Bible study last night. Mm. Romans, uh, Revelation, sorry, chapter, Revelation 16. I'm going to read it from mine. I don't even, I don't even want to know what yours says. You don't want to? No. You're a discriminatory person. I am. PayPal is going to take $2,500 from you. For, I'm just going to read it from, for the, King, that. from the King James Version. <laughs> they can try. I don't have a PayPal account. Never have. <laughs> All right. Let's go here. The first, oh no, sorry, uh, verse 16, verse 3. The second angel poured out his vial on the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that, does it? Mine says, and everything in the sea died. Ah, see, the word soul is in there. In mm. the original, it is the word soul, and mm. yours has taken the word soul out because it's like, well, we believe in the immortality of the soul, so we don't want to confuse people right here. <laughs> it's manipulation. It's a conspiracy, mm-hmm. I say. Mm-hmm. But was every soul in the sea died. Mm-hmm. Soul can die. Let's go over to Peter. Which one? Peter. Just, just, yep. Second Peter. Second Peter. Ah, okay. Sec- second Peter. Second Peter, yep. Second Peter. Lyle La- 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 doesn't know. No, Lyle doesn't know. He doesn't know what, what he's reading. Let's go to First Peter, maybe. Okay, yep. First Peter. First Peter, chapter three. Uh huh. And we talked about this a little bit last time, but there's something else here that I want to point out. First Peter, chapter three, and verse 20. Mm-hmm. Read that one for us. Nah, let me read it. <laughs> which sometimes were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is eight 
souls were saved. Here's a question for you. Mm. If you believe the soul is some kind of ghost that resides somewhere in your body that Mm. floats away at the time Mm -hmm. that you die, why did God only save eight souls in the ark? Why didn't he save eight people? Like, why did God save eight? Yeah, ghosts. You can't kill a ghost anyway, so what was the purpose of building an ark? That's right. So that eight ghosts could be in it. Well, obviously, like the word soul is being used to refer to the eight people who got on the ark. Exactly. This is where you go back to the origin of the word soul, where the Bible says that God formed man out of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Mm-hmm. You don't have a soul in you. You are a soul. Yeah. That's what a soul is. A soul is a living person. Mm. There wasn't eight ghosts saved in the ark. If there was eight ghosts saved in the ark, we would all be ghosts. Yep. Because we would be descendants from ghosts, not mm-hmm. descendants from people. We are descendants of pe- from people. Therefore, we are people. Mm. The Bible is very, very clear about what a soul is. And the Bible is not confused about it. It amazes me how human beings get confused about it mm. because Satan continues to tell his first lie and says, you will not surely die. And again, it's just amazing how prevalent it is amongst Christians. I sat down to do a Bible study with someone one time who is, you know, Presbyterian, so very, very Christian, you know, and, and he's like in the Presbyterian church, they don't have pastors, mm-hmm. uh, they just have elders. And his dad is an elder of the church, so he's a Presbyterian, basically an elder's kid, pastor's kid, who knows the doctrine of the Presbyterian church very well. And yeah, we sit down to to do this study, and I start explaining to him and showing him in the Bible, and he's like, oh, wait, so it's so it's body plus soul plus uh, body plus spirit plus soul. Like, he starts writing it down in his notes, because every time we sit down to do Bible study, he's writing down in his notes. I read him the verse that clearly explains, like, b- body plus spirit equals, equals soul. soul. And he starts writing body plus spirit plus soul. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not the equation here. Let's read the verse again. And he's like, we read that verse a few times. And again, then just went through the rest of the Bible. And he's seeing, he's like, wait, huh? Like, this is, this isn't what I know. This isn't what people have told me before. And I'm like, no, this is what the Bible says. Like, there's no assumption that, oh, hey, yeah, there's a body plus a spirit plus a soul. You won't find that in the Bible. Again, that is an assumption that you're making based on your presupposition of what the Bible says. But when we actually read the Bible, it's body plus spirit plus the breath equals a living soul. That's that's what we have. And it, it was so clear to him. He's like, wow, I get it now. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. You know, it's interesting because we actually use the word soul in the same context today. Mm. You know, you talk about ah, maybe our generation not so much, probably your generation never, but baby boomers, you know, on occasion would talk about, you know, some poor old soul who's Mm. living down there in the local nursing home. That's your people, right? Lawson, <laughs> the wash, boomers. Wash your mouth out with soap <laughs> and water. Isn't that your generation, Law? Boomers are the boomers are the generation that wrecked everything. No. <laughs> <laughs> Law, it's not kind to uh, talk about your them. own people like that. I'm not a boomer. You know, I'm not a boomer. <laughs> I'm X Gen. X Gen is like the ultimate generation. Okay, boomer. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. You can, X, X gen. You can, you, can, you can say, okay, boomer, to your heart's content. 
It will never impact me because I'm not right. one no, of them. No, you can claim X Gen. You know the generation that basically taught the world how to divorce each other. And no, those were boomers. Nah, no. boomers, boomers, the ones that brought in the sexual revolution. Um, yeah, I think it was the X Gen. It was boomers. I'm pretty. You know what, Lyle? Google I, it. I don't believe you, and I never will. So, but uh, in regards to our Bible study, yes, uh, yeah, I can definitely see how it is that people of that generation can use that terminology in the correct way. And have you ever heard of SOS? Have you ever sent out an SOS? Save our souls. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the weirdest thing ever. Uh huh. I mean, you think about how ridiculous SOS is. Mm-hmm. If I'm in an emergency situation, I don't want somebody to come and save my immortal soul. How are you going to save an immortal soul? Let me die. <laughs> I want somebody to come and say me as a person. <laughs> yeah. You know, if people really believed in the immortality of the soul, they would never send an SOS. Mm. They would send an SOP, save our person. Mm. You know... That's actually, Lyle, if people really believed in the immortality of the soul, yes. okay, if people really believed in the immortality of the soul, why save anyone at all, ever? Because isn't being in the form of an immortal soul, like, the best thing? Isn't yeah, that where I, you want to be? I, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I would I've, argue that it's kind of... I, I, I would argue that in, in, in that case, the reason that we save people and we save people's lives, mm-hmm. we talk about saving lives all the time, if you believe in the immortality of the soul, you're not saving anyone's life, you're just saving their body, mm-hmm. um, not their life. But we save their lives because both sides of the equation, whether you believe in either the resurrection or the immortality, the soul believe that probation closes at the time of death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why we want to see people live. Mm-hmm. I think that's relevant for both yeah. sides. But I feel like there's just something like subconsciously built within us we are so connected and attached to our bodies like i feel as though you can never really get to the point mentally where you can separate the two and just be like oh yeah i'm i'm all good like the reason we have such a survival instinct is because we do want to live because living in this body is what we're programmed to do not die and become an immortal soul that's that's and our mortal soul floats out. I feel like if we actually did have an immortal soul that floats around, we'd have such detachment to the body that we currently inhabit. And I guess people talk a big talk about that, but in reality, it's, you know, our, we are designed to live in this body because that's us. That's who we are. And that's what the Bible says. Absolutely. Let's go to uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And we're going to read a bit of a passage here, Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Uh, this is the end of Ecclesiastes, and this is the, nice. this is the book that... Uh, Solomon wrote at the end of his life a lot of wise stuff. He certainly saw things in a different context as he came to the end of his life. And we're going to start reading in verse 1. In chapter 12 and verse 1, the Bible says, Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your Creator. Honor Him in your youth before you grow old and say, Life is not pleasant anymore. Remember Him... Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh-huh. We'll do one, one, one verse at a time. Okay. Sorry, I did say 1 to 7, didn't I? Ah, uh, you did. I did. Mm-hmm. But, all right, so don't let the excitement of youth youth cause you to forget your creator. Because when you get old, you're going to want to know your creator, Mm. provided that you do. Now, Solomon was somebody who reached old age Mm. and died of old age. Mm. This was not a common thing for rulers and kings in in that particular era. They would often die violent deaths. 
through assassination, but Solomon was one of those ones who did not die a violent death. He died of old age, and has his his words are definitely worth listening to. All right, let's let's keep going. Continues on. It says, "Remember him before the light of the sun, moon, and stars is dim to your eyes, and the rain clouds continually darken your sky. Remember him before your legs, the guards of your house, start to tremble, and before your shoulders, the strong men stoop." Remember him before your teeth, your few remaining servants stop grinding, and before your eyes, the women looking through the windows see dimly. Okay, 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 okay. It's, I love did, these metaphors. These are awesome. He, th- this guy's really got it summed up right here, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. You know, this is a, this is a description in many ways of an elderly person who is in aged care. Yeah. You know, they, they, you, you, you read down through here, you know, the when when... Your legs tremble when your back is bowed, uh, when your teeth and the sound of your of the grinding is low. Mine says, "What does your say about the?" Teeth? I love this one. This is my favorite one. It says, "Remember him before your teeth, your few remaining servants." Yes. Stop grinding. Because in Solomon's day, by the time you you reached old age, you would have very few teeth left, mm-hmm. and that would be kind of sad because your enjoyment of food would be much diminished. Mm-hmm. Verse 5 is even better. Yeah. Get ready for it. Well, it continues on in verse 4. It says, Remember him before the door of your life's opportunities is closed and the sound of work fades. Now you rise first chirping at the first chirping of the birds, but then all the sounds will grow faint. Remember him before you become fearful of falling and worry about danger in the streets. Okay, stop there, stop there, stop there. There's just too many, too many great metaphors here just mm-hmm. to skip over all of these right here. And, uh, you know, when, when you're afraid of heights, when you're afraid of falling, mm-hmm. you know, you and I are not afraid of falling, but for an elderly person, that's mm. not a good thing. You do not want to have a fall. Um, and so, you know, you're really seeing the words of a – you really see just how elderly Solomon is when he writes this. Mm. And he is encouraging people like yourself and myself to – Make the most of your connection with God at our age mm-hmm. while we're still young. Yep. Lawson's just trying not to laugh right now. <laughs> like, you're in my age, Lyle. Because uh, it continues on and it says... Okay, verse 6, this one gets... No, 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 no. We're going to continue in verse 5 because it says, Before your hair turns white like an almond tree in bloom. Um, and I'm like, Lyle, are you sure we're in the same generation, or you Pretty know, sure. are, are, are you sure. starting to find some some similarities with yourself in in this passage, right? None here? whatsoever. Continues <laughs> <laughs> on, and you drag along without energy, like a dying grasshopper, and the caperberry no longer inspires sexual desire. Remember him before you near the grave, your everlasting home. When the mourners will weep at your funeral. Yes. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Where are you? Where are you up to? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, verse yeah, yeah, yeah. Verse five. Verse five, yeah. Verse yep, five. Yep, 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 I'm following. Yes. Remember your creator now while you are young before the silver cord of your life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. This, this is, you know what metaphor that one's all about, right? What, the the pulley? The silver cord is loosed and the golden bowl is broken? No. It's, is, it's about when you die and you... No, it's not about when you die. This is about when you lose control over your urinary tract. Yeah. 
Which happens like when you die, but also before when you die. Before, yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, and, you know, he's reached old age and, and, you know, it's part of old age, unfortunately, mm. is that you're no longer able to control bodily wow. functions in the way that you used to be able to. Mm. But it's very poetic language that he uses to describe it. So Yeah, you the know, silver cord and the pulley. And the golden bowl. Yeah, wow. You know, this was somebody who understand or understood anatomy and physiology. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously they had done some pretty detailed dissections back mm. in the day and were able to understand how the, how the human body actually worked and functioned. Mm. Okay, verse 7, this is our key verse. We've been building up to it. For when the dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to God, who gave it? Okay, and he, he kind of finishes right here. Uh, there's, a, there's a new paragraph beginning in verse 8. But he's been building up to this. He's been talking about old age and he's been talking about people who are at the point of dying from old age and he goes through all of the symptoms of old age and what it's like to be living in your elderly years mm-hmm. and then culminates with then the dust shall return to the earth as it was and the spirit shall go back to God who gave it. Mm. What is that verse all about? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. About to have another question for our quiz. Lawson's going to bring it to you. We are digging into Ecclesiastes in our Bible study right now. So if you are just joining us, that's the passage of the Bible you want to turn to, Mm. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Lawson, uh, what's our next question for our quiz? All right, next question for the quiz. If we, well, it's the final question for the quiz. Fill in the blank, all right? Prepare, prepare. Fill in the blank. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the blank. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you will go into the draw to win God Cares, the de- the messages of Daniel and Revelation, a verse-by-verse Bible study on these incredible prophetic books. Again, if you would like to enter that draw, it's 0491-064-669. We'll be drawing it at the end of the week. But that question again, fill in the blank. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the blank. All right, let's look at the passage that we are looking at right here. And in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 7, you've kind of got the opposite of Genesis 2 and verse 7. So Mm. in Genesis 2 and verse 7, the Bible says, God forms man out of the dust of the ground, Mm -hmm. breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, Mm -hmm. and man became a living soul. Mm -hmm. Here you've got uh, the dust returns to the ground, the -hmm. spirit goes back to God who gave it, when a person dies. Mm-hmm. So now you've got a dead soul. So we talked about at the beginning of the Bible study, the soul that sins it shall die. How does the soul die? Well, when the dust goes back to the ground and the spirit goes back to God who gave it. And some people are going to say, well, the spirit that is spoken of right here is obviously a small ghost that is somewhere inside of you mm. that floats away and that that spirit is immortal. Maybe the soul is mortal. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the spirit that's immortal. It's like, okay, now how many parts do you actually have to the human being? Mm. Are you going to go with the Greek theory that it's two parts, body and soul? Or are you going to go to the Egyptian theory where it's three parts, the bar, the car, and the ark, mm. uh, where you've got body, soul, and spirit? Mm. Which one is it? Or, or are you just going to go with, gotta what, read the Bible. Yeah. with what the Bible <laughs> says great. right here in looking at, okay, what is the Spirit. And I'm going to read this from uh, the KJV. So this is coming for, to us from Job. What mm. is the spirit that goes back to God? Mm. Uh, we read this the other day. We need to read it again because we need to remind ourselves of uh, of what the Bible has to say. Uh, so this is Job 27. 
Let me just find it. Verse 3, the Bible says, All the while my breath is in me and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. Yeah, that's right. It's in my nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you've got here is an example of Hebrew poetry. All the while my breath is in me and the Spirit of God is in my nose. Simply, breath and spirit are exactly the same thing. Yeah. Ruach is mm-hmm. the Hebrew word. Numa is the Greek word. Mm-hmm. I think the interesting thing about this, uh, Ruach has been one of my, uh, the words that I've learned in Hebrew, one of, a part of my Hebrew vocabulary uh, that I have learned as I'm studying Hebrew this semester. And Ruach is not a synonym with the word ghost or no. soul. Or no. like that would be saying like, oh man, if you, you were running a, a marathon and you get to the end and you're huffing and puffing, you're like, and you, and you said the the words yeah i'm really out of 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 ghost right now and people would be like what are you talking about you know like because the word ruach is is breath like mm-hmm. it, it literally breath air wind there's there's nothing supernatural that is indicated by the word ruach it's literally breath and again that's why it says and the ruach the breath will return to God who gave it. Because, yeah, what what is Ruach? Oh, well, it's the agent of life. That's right. It's the breath of life. Yeah. It, it's it, as simple as that. It causes life to... There's a bunch of non-living matter. We look at it every day. Dirt. I'm looking at a grass... A gl- grass. Glass panel right here and some walls and whatnot. There's a bunch of atoms and matter and things that are arranged in different ways, at least chemically, and we see it all around, and it, it's all non-living. Yes, it's just dirt. It's just yes. whatever. And then I look at Lyle, and sometimes I'm tempted to think he's a little bit non-living. Uh, but nah, yeah, whatever, I'm just whatever. Joking. I'm just joking. Sky says, by the way, that we're in the same generation. Uh huh. Which would be okay if you're ex-gen, but be highly offensive if I have to be like millennial or whatever you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sky says maybe you're in the same spiritual generation. Um, I like that. Nah. I don't yes. want to be a se- Do you not associate with me? We are in the same me. spiritual generation because I we're in the did- same Spanish spiritual generation as Paul and as Moses and as everybody in between. I do not associate with baby boomers. I'm sorry. Is right? Don't. That's that's not a spiritual generation. That is a <laughs> that is a generational generation. I am ageist. I'm sorry, but hey. As we anyway, yeah, getting, anyway, getting back to getting back, back to our Bible study, getting back to our Bible study. <laughs> I just want people okay. to be convinced that Lars a boomer. But anyways, getting back to our Bible study, you're talking about ruach as being breath. Let's go to the Greek with pneuma. How many words do we have today that come from the Greek word pneuma? Pneumatic. How many things are pneumatic these days? How many things? You know, you have a pneumatic drill. You have a pneumatic um, whizzer. You have a pneumatic rattle gun. You mm-hmm. well, mostly the the lithium these days. But you have. <laughs> um, Pneumatic oh. tires. Air tools are the best. They are Just so fast. Zzz. Yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you have. There are so many things out there that are pneumatic because they run off air. You mm. get. You catch pneumonia. Uh huh. It all comes from the same word, air. Mm. And again, these words pneuma and ruach are not synonyms of ghost. No, not at all. Mm. Neither are they synonyms of person or of soul. Yeah. They are the breath of life. Mm. And so very simply when the Bible says that uh, the dust shall return 
to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return to God who gave it, it's simply saying that the breath of life returns back to God who gave it in the first place. Mm. All right, let's go to... No, we read that verse already. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 26. Just turning in my Bible. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 26. The Bible says, And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Very simple verse. Mm. Very straightforward very short verse. And I'm glad this is all in one verse right here because what does the Bible describe death as? Uh, an enemy. And so often, you know, in conversation, we will say things like, you know, someone passed away and it's really sad, but that's part of life. Mm. It's not. Mm. Oh, such a good point, yeah. It's not. Mm-hmm. It was never intended to be that way. Mm. Death is an enemy. Death is something that should never have existed. Mm. Death exists because sin exists because death is God's only way of First limiting and then extinguishing sin. Mm-hmm. And if you had the immortality of the soul, that purpose could never be accomplished. Mm. Because if the soul is immortal, then sin would become immortal. Mm-hmm. And sin would exist for eternity. And this is this is one of the weird things that that, that I find when people are like, yeah, you know, hellfire is an eternal thing and you know, etc. 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 And I'm thinking, okay, what is God's purpose? in preserving sin. Mm-hmm. What does it accomplish for the universe that sin is always there, that pain is always there, that suffering is always there? Mm. That doesn't win anything. That means that Satan wins because Satan came along to create sin and pain and suffering and God's like, I'm going to destroy that, I'm going to get rid of it and I can do so by dying on Calvary. Mm. I will give my life to get rid of sin, pain, suffering, etc., 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 and so many people say, no, 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 actually Satan wins because he gets to keep hellfire for eternity. Mm. The soul is immortal, it can't die, and so therefore uh, sin will last forever. No, that's not what it's about. God wants to get rid of sin altogether. Amen. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right, we've come time for question of the day. Before we get to question of the day, though, we have answers for our quiz question. We do have answers for the the quiz question. How did Ehud kill Eglon? He stabbed him, according to judges. Now, I said that was kind of funny because it's a little bit comical the way that it goes down. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Regardless, yep, yeah, it was a it was a fatal stabbing to the stomach. Uh, uh, apart from the thief next to him who acknowledged Jesus as the Son of God while Jesus was on the cross, that was the Roman centurion. It was Luke who wrote the Book of Acts. It was Rachel who was the mother of Benjamin. And man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Good job to everyone who answered the quiz correctly. And right now it is time for. Question of the day. All right, Lyle, Rick asked the questions, what was behind the veil that was rent when Christ died? Was it the Ark of the Covenant or that probably wasn't there at that time? Yes, that's absolutely correct. The Ark of the Covenant was not there at that particular time and there are a bunch of different theories as to what happened to the Ark and uh, where it ended up. Of course, it is the greatest archaeological discovery that has never been made. Mm. The last time that we hear about the Ark in the Bible is under the reign of Solomon. Mm. It's never mentioned again. We come to Solomon's son, Rehoboam. He takes the throne in Judah, 
and which is where the temple was and where the ark was. And Rehoboam, his empire, his nation is invaded by Shishak, the Egyptian. Mm. And it's there's every possibility that Shishak took the ark. We know that if you go to Egypt, you can see uh, depictions carved onto the walls of many of the different items that he took from the temple at this particular time, including golden shields and all kinds of stuff. There is no depiction of the ark there, so that sort of leads some scholars to think, well, it probably didn't. But that was the mm. first time that it really came under serious threat. According to Jewish tradition, Jeremiah, before the Babylonian invasion, took the ark and hid the ark, um, and there are a number of different possible locations as to where the ark may have been hidden during this particular time period. But we do know that by the time of Nebuchadnezzar, at the very least, the ark was lost. Uh, it could have been taken to Babylon. Uh, the Bible says that the Bible talks about Nebuchadnezzar taking all of the treasures of the temple to Babylon and then burning the temple to the ground. And so we know that the Ark of the Covenant, if it was still there when Nebuchadnezzar arrived, would have gone to Babylon and no doubt been melted down into gold because it certainly never came back or and or was never found again when the second temple was built. So the first temple being Solomon's temple, the second temple being Zerubbabel's temple. This is the one that comes through to the time of Jesus where you have Herod's temple Um and so what was there in the most holy place of Zerubbabel's temple or Herod's temple? The answer is kind of nothing. <sighs> the space was empty. And this is why when you see at the dedication of Solomon's temple, the Shekinah glory comes in mm. and resides in the temple. You don't have that at the dedication of Zerubbabel's temple because there's no ark there. Mm. They, did not even, they did not expect that to happen because there was no ark there. Uh, what was there in its place? There was, according to Jewish tradition, there was a raised section of floor or a large rock, a large stone that stood there in the place of where the ark should have been. And this, of course, would have been what the ark would have been placed on if they had been able to find it and put it back there. Now, of course, if you go to that particular location today, what you're going to find is an Islamic shrine called the Dome of the Rock mm. beside the Al-Aqsa Mosque. It's considered to be uh, one of the most holy places on earth in in the Islamic faith, uh, along with Mecca and so forth. It is believed that it was on the Dome of the Rock, that this particular rock, it's called the Foundation Stone. There's a very large rock, piece of bedrock that you'll find right there in the centre of the Dome of the Rock. Uh, it is believed that that was where the most holy place was. It is believed that that is the rock on which... Uh, Abraham endeavoured to sacrifice Isaac. It is believed that this was the foundation stone for the Ark of the Covenant, where it was actually placed when the temple was there under in, in Solomon's time. Um, of course, we don't have no way of actually verifying this. Um, we're dealing with traditional historical sources, but you can go there today. That particular rock has been uh, damaged somewhat because the Crusaders built a church there, and they carved a lot of that rock away as they built the church. There is a cave underneath the rock, um, which the Crusaders believed was the Holy of Holies, but, of course, that could not be true because you couldn't get the ark through the entrance to that cave, and the Holy of Holies was never a cave, um, But and, and it's been enlarged since uh, they believe it is the, the cave of souls, the uh, Christians of the time believed that you, the Muslims as well, you believed you could hear the voices of souls if you went down into this 
particular cave. And, of course, this rock is considered to be special to Islam because it is believed to be the location from which Muhammad ascended to heaven. So there's a little bit of interesting history in relationship to the Ark of the Covenant, what was there, what wasn't there when the veil of the temple was torn in two, and uh, what is there today. Don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.